Do you find yourself struggling with selling your products or your services? Then you want to stay tuned for this episode where my guest is going to be sharing some tips and tricks on how to get past this. Welcome, 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 and welcome to the adventure of an entrepreneur, the podcast that dives deep into the world of entrepreneurship. We're going to be hearing the stories from entrepreneurs from all over the world in different industries. They're going to be sharing with us the stories of how they face setbacks, walk through fire, climbed mountains to reach success. I'm your host, Shri Mahabir. Welcome everybody to this episode where my guest tonight is the founder of Vinali Consulting Group. He helps founders and their sales teams 2x their sales results in less than 90 days. He's an official member on the Forbes Business Council and has been featured in Forbes, Yahoo Finance, MarketWatch. He's also a top voice on LinkedIn. He is a three-time Salesforce top sales influencer and a Wall Street Journal best-selling author of six fillers, six-figure sales secrets. And he was one of my first 50 guests. Back in 2020, when I started this show, his name is Marcus Chan. And before I bring him on, my name is Sri, and I am a video marketing producer who works with medical, dental, and law practices by helping them save time by creating that content that is able to bring in those leads that they can hire team and they can spend more time with their family and maybe even start another business. So you're not here to hear about me, but if you are, you could drop the word practice. Let me go ahead and bring up my guest, Marcus. Thank you so much for joining in. Hey, Sri, what's up? It's great to uh, catch up again. It's been uh, it's been too long, too long. I'm glad we're chatting. Four years later, I looked at the date. I actually was looking at my notes and it said Mar- October 22nd. I was like, oh, wow. 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 <laughs> wow. That was, that was 2020, right? It was 2020 or 2019? Right. 2020? Yeah. Yeah. It was October 22nd, 2020. And mm-hmm. you were still the top in the first 50 of my live show. Yeah, so things have changed since then. But let's get into this. Like, I want to start out with some rapid fire questions. So just whatever comes to mind. Cool. What's your favorite color? Oh, blue. Perfect. What's your easy. favorite dish to cook? For, favorite dish to cook? Oh, oh man. It's going to be probably stir fry anything. Uh, probably rice or noodles. I just love carbs. They're delicious. <laughs> they are delicious. I had a bunch yeah. this earlier today. And what's your favorite <laughs> cartoon to watch? Oh man, a cartoon to watch. Um, let's see. Uh, probably Family Guy. <laughs> you know why I asked that question? Yeah. Is because you have yeah. a son and he watches stuff, and so oh, I know... he doesn't watch Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that was pretty awesome that you yeah. Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, my hair just Family Guy. His is Octonauts. <laughs> <laughs> but do you sit there and watch it with him? Oh, yeah. It's very educational. Actually, you actually learn a lot about marine biology. <laughs> you know, I found that like when we watch something that has nothing to do with what we do, we get the best ideas, like whether it's sales oh, yeah. or psychology or mm-hmm. even like, you know, hey, this is a great topic. Maybe I could turn this into something. So I want to get into more about you and 
I remember four years ago about reading about your father and his journey and how it had an impact on your life. So looking back, like what are a few things that you learned from your father that you carry in today? Mm, what a good question. And um, yeah, it, it seems so generic, but my dad is my hero for sure, right? So as a little context, you know, my dad, he uh, he basically was put in a communist re-education camp, you know, during the communist, uh, you know, revolution, eventually escaped, made his way to America with absolutely nothing, and basically built a really, really cool life, you know, over multiple decades. So, um, you know, I think for me, that I learned a lot of lessons. I think number one, the only time you lose is if you give up. And that's something I've seen across the board from my dad. He's he's faced so much tough situations, you know, business almost going under, you know, like, you know, like families go through this lot of stress, not having money, but he's always pushed forward. He's always taken action. He's always found a way through. So a level of perseverance for sure is definitely a really big lesson that I, I've taken, uh, you know, taken like, like very internally deeply to, even to this day. Uh, number two, constant growth. So my dad now, he's 75 years old. Um, he sold his business, you know, a couple of decades back and he's basically like just kind of chilling. He's got rental properties, but even though he's basically been retired for over 20 years now, he still is constantly learning and growing. Like he literally is like obsessively going on YouTube. He's always reading stuff. He's always trying to figure stuff out. Like he just has this growth mindset at all times, which is pretty amazing because I think back to, you know, even when he, you know, when he first like, uh, you know, sold the business, he was not tech savvy at all. Like couldn't use, couldn't even use his cell phone, didn't know what Google was. And like, now he's like a Google master, YouTube master. He's like, he's like, he knows how to use technology now. I'm like, he's 74, 75 years old. It's amazing. So that growth mindset has been just really, really, really powerful. Uh, this third one, it's like a sales slash life lesson, which is just simply treat everybody with respect, regardless of who they are. And I've seen this pay him dividends just, you know, time and time again, because Regardless of whoever the person was, he's always treated them with respect. With respect. So, for example, I remember um, as part of his restaurant, we used to do a lot of like festivals where you know we set a food cart up and we basically sell Chinese food. And there's one festival where we 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 gone for years trying to get into this festival, and it was really hard to get in. It's what's called it's called a Scandinavian festival in Springfield, Oregon, or uh, Junction City, Oregon, and it was really hard to get in. After 20 years, my dad finally got in, and we were selling Chinese food at the Scandinavian festival. And I remember the very first year, our first year doing it, we basically broke every sales record they had. And they were like, wow, it's incredible. Now, it was cool because obviously the, the, the committee loved having us there. But what was interesting was there was this other guy who had a, his own Chinese restaurant, but he actually had created a whole Scandinavian menu to sell at this festival. And he was upset because he's like, hey, I've always wanted to sell Chinese food. I couldn't. And now this guy comes in. He blows everyone out. So he basically hated my dad. It was always my dad, he's trying to get my dad kicked out multiple times from the festivals. But my dad, regardless of this guy just being so negative towards him, would always treat him with respect. And I remember, like, this is a couple of years even after this is, this is happening. I remember um, during the dinner rush, and dinner rush is really important for these festivals because you, you'll see like thousands of people and you can make 10, 20, 30K in like a couple hours. So it's a really big deal to have a really good dinner rush. And what was interesting was uh, this guy's booth who hated us was right next to ours. Like basically, his like whole like st his stove stopped working right during this dinner rush, 
Now they're all freaking out, you know, and we're like, we're, we're running, we're doing our thing. And because we have a pretty well oiled machine, because by the way, my dad designed it, we just kept doing our thing. My dad stops what he's doing away from his own business. He goes over to this other guy's booth and starts helping him for the next hour and fixes the stove. So he's able to recoup as much as he can and still continue selling. And it was amazing because that was a perfect example of how my dad just selflessly just helped this guy. And this guy afterwards is like, oh, wow, actually, he, people call him Chan. They're like, he's like, actually, Chan's actually a pretty good dude. He actually genuinely wants to help other people. So that's probably, probably a third lesson I'll share with you. I learned many lessons, but both those are probably three that stand out the most. Those are some great lessons that you shared. I remember from the notes back then, but I mean, even today to hear it again, like even in tough of times, you could still find a way. I do want to stop and say hi to Andrew. Thank you for joining in. And Garen, where's Juno? And Chris, thank you, thank you. And Kenny, I mean, I was having trouble typing, so it was supposed to say, hey, hey, not hey, he, my. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so awesome. I wanted to ask you, you know, four years ago, things were a little bit different. So what has changed since four years ago in your business and what is the same? Oh, super interesting. So, you know, it, the when we spoke four years ago, that was October 2020, um, that was my first full year in business. And that was such an interesting journey at that point, right? Like I was trying to figure out what I was doing, trying to figure out what I was doing, trying to figure out the marketing, the sales and everything else. And I was doing everything myself. And that was an incredible year of learning. It really was. Um, we had a great first year. I learned a lot. And it's interesting because since then, you know, we've we've scaled up and um, our main core offer really has, so at the time we used to sell only to individual contributors, the so people who are, you know, basic account executives and salespeople. We sold directly to them and then uh, into a, a really great coaching product. And then uh, from there at that time, I was still I was I was dead set at the time that I wanted to be a solopreneur. All right. I was like, because I ran such big teams before, I was like, this is like, I don't want managed people. I, this is just going to be me. And this is also, remember 2020, this is the year of COVID. So things were, you know, like all up in flux. And I was able to just run and just do my thing. And what was really, really interesting was, you know, we just kept continuing to compound. And, and I actually didn't hire a single person until probably, um, probably Jan it was January 2021. And then at that point, uh, I was still a little bit resistant, but, but I, was, I was like, let me just hire someone to manage, like, you know, like editing my videos. That's what it was, editing my videos. So that's the first thing, the first thing I outsourced, actually, you know. So I hired someone to do that. And then uh, what's interesting was as I continued to scale, and I didn't really think much about this. And then it was July 2021. That's what that's what it was. Um, and I remember I went on a vacation for two weeks. So this is like my first like vacation in a couple of years because of COVID, we basically just stayed inside and went to Hawaii. It was an incredible vacation to go to Hawaii with my family, but my business basically shut down in that time. And I realized how much of a bottleneck that I was to my business that I hadn't really thought really through this whole solopreneur concept. I was a little thumbs up because of the Mac, uh, <laughs> the whole solopreneur concept. So at that time, I'm like, oh my, I realized I'm like, crap, I can't have, I can't have this, this happen. I can't have that every time I go on vacation or don't work, that we don't make any money. That can't, that can't be the situation. So as I kind of thought through my strategy, I started to continue to scale the business. I started to hire people, hiring salespeople, outbound, outbound setters, closers, uh, hiring more VAs. Um, 
And that was when I started to really kind of start expanding the business, right? Because then I started to actually like turn it to outside of just a person, uh, a business of one person to actually having teams of people, right? So then as we continue to scale from there, and what was really cool was, you know, by investing back into the business, it gave me more time back to think strategically with the business. So one of the cool things that kind of came about because now I had a little more time back was uh, in 2022, I decided like I'm going to write a book. So at that time, like I was, um, you know, I, I kind of went back and forth, but then after just kind of seeing the market wanted, and I'll get requests all the time from people to say, Hey, listen, like we can't necessarily afford your, your coaching program, but can we get a, can we give a book we can buy something like that, a course, whatever. I'm like, well, you know what? I think a book could be really, really powerful. So I ended up writing a book, it took me about 12 weeks to write a book. We launched it, uh, you know, a few months after once we had all the editing done and it ended up being a wall street journal bestselling book. And uh, Amazon bestseller in that category. So that w- went tremendously well. And the business continued to scale up from there. And then it has continued to grow and compound over time. Um, now, at this point now, we have had over 550 plus clients in over four years. Um, it's been pretty cool to see that growth. And then we've also built out a B2B offer. So we started getting other people to say, hey, Marcus, can you come train and develop my coach, my sales teams? So from there, because at first I was, I, I, I'm like, no, we're not going to do, we're not going to do that. I'm going to stay with the individuals. But the demand became just too consistent. The market wanted, we had to build it. So we start, we start building that at the end of last year, and now we, then we start selling it, and now we're start, we're going to the full, full mode into this, this coming year. So it's been kind of a crazy journey, uh, a lot of ups. I mean, it sounds linear, but it was more like this, this is how it felt <laughs> as we kind of went through. But it's been a fun <laughs> journey uh, to do, and uh, I guess I wouldn't trade it for anything else. I love bringing back guests because that is true. Like we first see you, it looks one way, but then when you bring the person, it looks a different way. Like when I started my business, I wasn't clear about what I was doing. I don't think I'm that clear today, but I'm a lot more clear than I was four (laughs) years ago. And I know what I'm doing, even with the whole live streaming, like back then I was just like, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, these are the questions and this is what we're going to do. And now I'm just like, just please be on time. Like, don't be late. (laughs) (laughs) Let's have a chat. But you did bring up the book and I do want to, you know, kind of go into that because it, it really is relevant today. And it says, you know, it talks about Tim and he was a phenomenal closer. He had Mm, a great at getting the deal but he relied 100% on inbound leads. This is section right. two of the book, yeah. Filling Your Funnel. And he says, mm-hmm. once I figured out how to sell and generate my own prospects, I could run circles around Tim. The economy started getting tough. So his inbu- inbound leads dwindled while I generated more my own leads through outbound methods. Now, we can actually relate to that right now as we're seeing Many people who are used to seeing inbound leads are not seeing it right now, or if you're not getting any inbound leads. So I want to dive into that because, you know, LinkedIn, everybody talks about, hey, LinkedIn changed my life. Okay, I want to know what do I need to do? I'm struggling. Like what what is when you bring on somebody, let's say me, I'm your client, new client. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with getting you inbound Mm -hmm. leads or I'm struggling to build this sales pipeline. What is Mm -hmm. one thing that I need to focus on? Mm. So are we going to focus on the channel of LinkedIn then? Is, is that the plan? Uh, yes, LinkedIn is because we are yeah. on LinkedIn. Cool. Beautiful. So a couple of things. So I think number one, um, and you, you might have already done this already, but the first thing I find is most people are not crystal clear on their ideal customer profile, right? Mm-hmm. So exactly who that target market is. 
right? So not just like, oh, they are, you know, they're doctors and lawyers and accountants in the Houston area. Like we want to get super granular. Okay. Like roughly how big is their practice or their business? How many total employees do they have? You know, like all the specific niches you kind of focus on. So what's like, what's, what are the kind of, what kind of world are they in exactly? So, because they're going to have probably similar problems. Now, what problems do they have? Why do they have those problems? How does it make them feel? What's the impact? What's their desire and result? What are some of the psychographics? How does it make them feel emotionally, right? So we want to get into the nitty gritty. We want to have an understanding of other ICP. Then from there, um, depending on, on how you want to structure, there's always things we potentially have to do up front just to make sure any outbound campaign works really, really well. So that could be, number one, it could be making sure that your LinkedIn page is fully uh, your profile page is fully optimized to convert because that's going to be one of the first things they're going to see. So we want to make sure it's fully optimized. All right. Now, um, do you want to talk about a, a combination inbound outbound strategy or purely outbound? So it is a combination. I'm doing calls, cool. emails, yeah. and I'm doing posts, videos, live okay, shows. Beautiful. Cool. Beautiful. So um, let's let's start with the easiest one since you already did some about stuff, right? So as you're as you're going out there and you're um, posting content and you're using that to attract people into your world, right? So they're they're going to probably like or view, uh, comment maybe, or maybe just look at the post. Uh, they might look at your profile. Those are inbound opportunities, right? So what you're going to want to do is very simply. This is assuming you have Sales Navigator as well. Is you want to Build and create some custom lists of people. All right. So, for example, uh, here's an example when we potentially can create. It could be uh, viewed a uh, viewed LinkedIn profile, um, viewed LinkedIn profile uh, that fits within your parameters as a first degree connection. Okay, that's me one list you want to build. So that way, when you go right to that list, you can see, oh, here are the people that are within my first degree connections that view my profile that fits in my ICP. Number two list could be uh, same thing but secondary connection. So maybe they're a secondary connection. So not directly connected to you, but your content pulled them in. So they want to go check you out. That's another opportunity. All right. So you want another list for that. Now, the really cool part is like, that's, that's the first part. The second part is going to be people that engage in the content. So people that engage in the content, have a specific strategy where if they engage, they look at, you know, they, they look at your, or they, they like your post or comment, your post if it's in your market, then send a connection request to them. Right. And then once they accept it, send them a personalized video message uh, or audio message that's customized to them. All right. That's, that's the first part. That's, that's really low hanging fruit. The second piece is going to be in those sales navigator lists we created that's going to help filter down for you. And you can do the same thing. If they're a first degree, we're going to send them a message. If they're a second degree, we're going to send them a connection request and then a personalized message. The reality is, is like you, because the ICP is so narrow, it sounds like you have thousands of people you're probably not <laughs> you know and, like you might have like yeah you, you might be surprised they're not online they're right not exactly online. they're so they really not, not be, online <laughs> so that might not that, that in my street may only get you so many right now the second piece from the outbound perspective which you want to think about because you're spot on with this is which is this um with an outbound strategy is are they actually going to be on, on linkedin it's really important to really ask yourself so like when you look at some of these these profiles, I'm sure that's gonna be a small percentage, but is there gonna be enough in that world that's gonna be like on on LinkedIn? So, like for example, sometimes you might be more effective finding Facebook groups full of lawyers, right? That might be a more a more effective place versus say LinkedIn, but it's gonna be the same kind of strategy. So, 
if you're on LinkedIn on Sales Navigator, like then your next thing to do is outside of those those components, we're going to build outbound lists. So now you know your ICP, you can build that perfect curated list of people that are on LinkedIn. Now, if you want, to be, if you want, uh, there's also like a, a feature to choose on there as well, where you can choose them um, if they post in the last 30 days. So you can really see how active they really are. So that kind of gives you like they're not necessarily warmer, but they're more targeted, and they might be more likely to actually be on there. In which then you can do the same same strategy with a connection request, and then sending a custom video or something personalized over to them. All right. Now here's the thing: in your content will nurture them, etc. That's only one part of the strategy because you really want to hit them on multiple channels to fully maximize the throughput of of what you're actually doing, right? So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you an example, right? So, um, uh, this, this, actually, this, this, this person booked this week. So this, uh, this, there's this opportunity, which same type of list. I know they're like looking at my profile, they actually follow my company page. They're kind of interacting with some of my stuff. They, they messaged me in the past, right? And we didn't have a B2B offer then. I knew it was super low hanging fruit because of the list I carried that this guy falls within it, right? Follow the same strategy because he's the first degree, send a personal video, he watched it, didn't respond, right? We had follow-up bumps, plus also engaging with his content as well. Again, didn't respond, right? Now, because I understand that sometimes it got him in different ways, that's what I did. So, of course, I also have a full built-out sequence in a tool called Apollo, which you can use any tool. Apollo is one of the tools in which we put him into an email sequence as well. Now, the email sequence is mixed with LinkedIn stuff back and forth. So, he's getting hit multiple different angles, and then after with after 10 days, what does he do? He books a call, right? So I share that with you because that's part of, that's why you, you want to have an omni-channel strategy. So I do recommend that in addition to, if you do an outbound on LinkedIn, you're going to want another tool as well in which you can build out steps to a sequence that you can work the sequence to nurture them. That could be a mixture of calls, emails, uh, 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 LinkedIn or other social media platforms. So that way you kind of nurture them all across the board. So let me pause for a second. I threw, I threw a lot at you. Does that make sense so far? It does because, you know, right now I am doing, I know, I find out, you know, the size because they're really good about creating that LinkedIn page for their company. So you could see how many uh, yeah. offices they have and employees. I could find yeah. out if they have a marketing person or not. And then you, then I can go to where are they? Okay, they're on mm -hmm. Facebook. They're on Instagram. Okay. The last time they post was like, you know, last year, July. Okay. So they're yep. looking on Indeed. I see they're looking for somebody for social media. And then I figure out what's their email and send them a loom, yep. a customized Beautiful. loom. And, and I just talk about like what they're looking for and then find things in their profile to help them. Three tips that can help them. And when you said the email sequence, you know, nobody's watched the video yet. So now I'm like, mm -hmm. here's, you know, email sequence number two, which is another customized video. And then again, I'm going to their profiles and seeing if they've been active or not. And then comes the trusty phone, mm -hmm. which you're really good at. So um, I'm going to pretend that you're a, <laughs> a law firm that I Beautiful. need to call. And so let me right. ask you what would be a good way to contact this person? Because I've emailed them and they totally just, you know, they, I don't, I can tell in zoom if they've watched the video so far, I know they're not watching mm -hmm. the video. 
So my next question is, okay, if I'm going to call their office, what's some, you know, what would, I guess you have to be assumptive, assumptive, but I'm going to leave well, this I up think, to you. I, I think let's back up a little bit, right? So the first thing right. I'm going to ask myself is, why didn't they watch the loom? Right? So is it hooking them enough? Did they open, did they open the email? Are they open the emails? Do you know? Do you have email tracking software? I am sending from my personal Microsoft Office ah, Outlook. God, but I'm not using God, so. an Outbound because I, but what I am doing is the Loom has a, I'm using, a, it makes a GIF so I can yeah. see if they are looking at yeah. the video. So what I want to find out is number one, are they opening email, right? Because okay. them, so them getting to the point of even watching the Loom there's many decision points. Number one, what's the subject line? Number two, what's the first line? Number three, what's the what's the second line? Those are all things they have to see before they even open the email. So we want to know what's the open rate going to be. That tells you a lot. So like, if we know you have a 50% open rate, that means you send off 150 people open it. So out of the 50, a certain percentage going to click through. So you want to kind of start from there, right? So it's like, you want to know, are they even open? And this is actually why having a, an outreach tool or tracking software, even if within a CRM track, it's really powerful because you can just see like, well, like if they're not watching the video, is it because they didn't open it? Did it go to spam? We don't really know. So we're trying to we're trying to identify what is the exact constraint or problem so we can solve that constraint because maybe the video is an absolute incredibly well-done video. It's so powerful, but they're not seeing it, which is yeah. also very possible. So step one to figure out where where where's the constraint is it the open rate then what's in the body and then what's the, what's what's the video right so maybe the video by itself maybe it's too long if they are watching it or maybe they're just like this doesn't seem like it's made for me i don't know right or they're, or they're scared because it's a link so that's why sometimes even if you have these amazing customized videos all throughout it's part of your sequence maybe you want to start them off with maybe a text one and then you switch to a video but, but having the data of the open or not tells you quite a bit so you can make tweaks to it. Does that, does that make sense so far? Yes, it does. It does. Beautiful. Beautiful. So then, like, let's say, for example, you can do all these things and then you're going you're gonna to call them. So what are you currently saying when you call them? Just have a little bit of context. Well, if they are hiring, because mostly I've been using the ones on Indeed and I see, are they hiring for someone? So I say, hey, look, Beautiful. you know. Um, I don't know if you could help me. I feel a little embarrassed, but uh, I see that the firm is looking for uh, whatever the position is. And I wanted to know, would they be open to working with an agency? And then right away, the person's like, you know what? Let me just take you to, and they send me to the person that is in charge mm. of that. Good. Or okay. they provide me the email and I say, you know, hey, thanks for sending me to their voicemail. But, you know, just in case, uh, what's a good email so that I can also email them. And then sometimes they give it, okay. most times they give it because they're like, you know what? Um, the voicemail gets full fast, email them. Mm, yeah, totally. It makes perfect sense. So, um, okay. Now, before you call them, do you know who the person is usually? Cause you've been emailing when, them, I'm assuming. Okay. So if it's a job posting, if I can't figure out who's the hiring manager, I have no idea. Mm. Got it. Well, because your ICP is the hiring manager typically one of the partners, let's say in like a law firm or like a, the, the main doctor or dentist? Many times it is, but sometimes some of these law firms have an HR person. And if you look on, I look on LinkedIn mm -hmm. yeah. and I see if they have an HR person and sometimes it's 
it's not listed. That person's not there. But when you call, that's when you find out. Or it could be the partner or it could be the owner. Like there's too many missing pieces that I'm I'm, I'm seeing a pattern. But I noticed that when I'm just saying, hey, I see that there's this position and I'm wondering if they'd be open. And then they're like, you know, let me tell you, you could do this. The gatekeeper is a little bit more nicer versus if I'm calling out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and trying to talk to them. So, okay, very interesting. So, and I'm assuming here, based on what you tell me, when you're, if they're, if they're hiring for a social media manager, um, the hiring manager, if it's like an HR person, they're probably not the person to make a decision regarding hiring your agency. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Okay, cool. So um, if that's going to be the case, you're better off going right to the top, right? So if you already know, if you look, if you, if you, if you look like, if you say on the Indeed, like, oh, okay, cool. Like XYZ lawyer firm, you know, like, you know, Clump and Clamp, you know, Stein and, and like, you know, Chan looks like they're hiring someone right here. Okay. Well, then I'll look, I'll look that, look that company up. I'll try to figure out who the partners are and I'll go for calling the partners. Like that, I think that's going to be, that's going to lead to a faster booked meeting and a faster progression in the deal versus like trying to convince a hiring manager who's been probably been told just to hire a social media manager. So once I get the hiring, like once I say, okay, I, I see that, okay, for this one, the Ammons Law Firm, they're looking for somebody's social media. Yeah. And yeah. I found the owner's email. And I've Beautiful. been drippy, but like I sent one email and I sent another one. Nothing. I don't know if they opened it, but I know they didn't watch the videos. Yep. And I've called their office before, so I can't get past the gatekeeper because she just takes my phone number. Sure. Okay. Let's let's back up now, right? You call a gatekeeper. Let's say I'm the gatekeeper. Ring, ring. You know, Emily, whatever they call. We're Emily attorneys. What do you say to gatekeeper? So I just have an idea. So if this is the Ammons law firm, like, um. This is the Ammons Law Firm, correct? And they say, yeah. yes. Yeah, exactly. Hey, this is Shree. And look, I emailed Rob and he told me to give him a call back. Um, is he in the mm. office? Ah, uh, they're going to say, oh, um, or he's not right now. Yeah. Or give me your number and I'll call him and call you back. Or the other one is I'll say, hey, uh, is this the Ammons Law Firm? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Great. This is Shree. And I just emailed Rob, he told me to give him a call back. Is he free right now? Or can you send me to his voicemail? Or Does, I'm, a, I'm a little nervous right now, but that's I'm okay, like, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Is that working so far? Is that getting you to the to the partner or to the right person? So the last time I did this, where I I actually called the law firm. The first time I called, I looked at their Instagram and I actually yeah. told the woman because she never said her name. I said, you know, you look really nice in this pink dress. She's like, do you even know who you're talking to? And I was like, I thought I was talking to you. And I said the name. She's like, no, this is someone else. And I said, well, you know, I was looking on the Instagram. And she's like, oh, no. And then when I called again, I said her name. And then I said, look, I've been in communications with the lawyer. And now I'm um, contacting him directly. And then she sent me to his, you know, she sent me to, or took my number. I had his assistant call me back right away. 
-hmm. And I just talked and I said, we've been in communication. And then she was like, and then I brought up because I knew I was talking to the right person. I talked about her dress. I said, mm -hmm. how you looked great for your, your birthday. And then I couldn't get past her though, to get to the mm -hmm. lawyer. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of different strategies you can, you can go about with this, right? So, um, number one, when you're calling, if you didn't know the name of the person, you want to just ask for it directly, right? So let me give you an example. So let's say you call, you, you know, you're calling me, and that they they usually answer something like you know, like you know, Amler Attorneys or whatever they say, right? You know, ABC Law Firm, you know, ABC Law Firm. Now instead of saying Hey, my name is Shri. I'm calling. I'm calling so and so back. You just simply ask that person you're talking to. May I speak with Marcus? Thanks. Notice my tone. It's very indifferent, downward inflecting. Right? They're not used to this, by the way. So what's going to happen is they're going to be a little confused, <laughs> and they're going to say something either like, "Um, wait, who is this?" At that point. You'll be very tempted to go into a pitch. Do not. Instead, you must just simply say who you are and end the conversation. And it sounds like this. It's Shri. Thanks. Notice. Downward. It's Shri. Thanks. It's Shri. Thanks. Downward reflecting. Intentional. You're ending the conversation because you, you, you do not want to pursue it further with them. This will make you uncomfortable, by the way. Because it makes everybody uncomfortable. Because they're not used to this. Now what's going to happen is they don't they still have very little information, but Sri, doesn't it sound like you 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 know that person you talk you're calling for? Right? It does. So what's going to happen is this: they might be like, if they're a really good gatekeeper, they're going to be like, "Who uh, who are you with?" Yes, they do ask that. <laughs> right, but no, notice notice it. I didn't say it up front. So notice you're forcing them to ask you a question at each stage. The mistake people make is. They, they 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 say may I speak they say oh may I speak to you know Marcus they, they're like uh, who is this they're like oh it's it's, it's three with ABC services no 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 it's three thanks this forces them to pause again and think well who are you with you see your company ABC thanks so now they're gonna feel very uncomfortable they're not really sure why you're calling still so at this point most. 80% of the time, I would say, they're going to be like, um, I'll just send you over to them, right? Or let me just send you to their voicemail. Because they're, they're they're worried now. They're like, okay, is this someone important? This sounds like an angry client. We don't really know. So this is the second, this is a psychological game you're playing right here. This makes, I'll tell you right now, it makes most people very uncomfortable to do. Because most people, when they even say the, say the words they just said, they say with the wrong tonality. So it sounds really weird. They're like, uh, it's three... Venley Consulting. So no, no, no. It's like it's like you you almost have to sound not necessarily normal, but just firm and indifferent, right? Now, then at that point, they might ask you ask the fourth question, which is, "What's this about? What's this in reference to?" Right. So at this point, you need to have a very tight, like one line pitch, and that you want to end. It could be as simple as, "In reference to a." You know, social media program we set up with XYZ company. Thanks. Very simple, but you're just ending it. You're not going long. You're not explaining it. You talk less. And the sounds forces them to make a decision. 
So this is very powerful. All right. So that's 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 the first the first step is like you have to bypass a gatekeeper. If you can't bypass a gatekeeper, you can't have confidence. Does this make sense so far, Sri? It does. It makes a lot of sense. All right, cool. So have you have you had a chance to talk to any decision makers on the phone? When I called a like a dental practice, I got to mm. one person. Uh, well, I would was able to get to the like the uh, the office manager, who then yep. only one of them I was able to book a appointment sales call, and then that yep. didn't lead anywhere. So yep. now it's like, okay, we're gonna try this with the emails. And now I'm thinking I need to do the sales call or at least the cold call, which is nervous wrecking to me, guys. Like I'm super totally nervous. normal, totally <laughs> normal. But also something to think about, too, is like um, given the, also understand, too, with the, with the nature of dental offices, doctors, surgeons, et cetera, most of them you can have to work like a, pri a private practice. You're going to have to work through the office manager most of the time. Right. Just because the do doctors, whatever they do, they're dentists, like they're literally in someone's mouth <laughs> like, yeah. like the whole time right so the, they can't they kind of default to that person right you can do your best try to book a meeting with the, the you know the dentist etc but a lot of times you you will be pushed into that office manager so um so that means you're, you're kind of on the right track then so the step one is you want to bypass a gatekeeper if you can't bypass a gatekeeper it's very hard to have a deeper conversation it is and then comes the law firm so then it's like okay the goal right now is let's get past the, the gatekeepers. But then the funny part is when I get to the decision maker, they're like, who is this? <laughs> and I'm like, mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> yep. That's why you have to be very succinct to be able to go into why you're calling and how it's actually going to help them specifically, right? How it's going to help them, whatever the biggest goals are. Because most of them, it sounds, it's, it's just like what, what I do. Companies don't care about my sales training or coaching. They don't care about that at all. What they do care about, depending what type of business they are, but generally speaking, they care about generally more revenue, more profitability, cash flow, reducing turnover. They care more about that type of stuff versus sales training, right? So what you ask yourself is when you call them with your, when you have a conversation with them, what's the focus of the conversation? How will it actually help them with their personal goals and initiatives they have in place? Even though they're looking for a social media person for their law firm, but why? Why do they want? Yeah, why do they want they, that person? Do you think they want that person because yes, they want to hire the right talent so that they don't have to spend all this time at work and have more time with their family, have more time to but do. But why? Things. Why do they want that person to be, even begin with? They can just not have that person and not do social media. Why do they want to do social media? They know that there's a return on social media. Like mm. they're they they understand that there is growth and there's opportunity, but they haven't tapped into it. Mm. Um, from so what I did do is I did talk to lawyers and doctors, the ones that are friends about mm. the McAfee, and mm. they gave me a lot of information. So they understand the power of social media. They just don't have the time. Or the bandwidth. It's more about the bandwidth mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. But if they had someone who would sit with them once a quarter and just talk to them, get all the content out, they would be fine. Mm. Yes. And Dr. And Farah saying they want more customers. Dr. Farah Laurent. Yeah. See, yeah, there you true. go. See, see, they see want my more point customers. here. This, they don't want to create they content. Want, they they want they want more customers. That's all they want. 
They want more customers, but why do they want more customers? Because they want to have staff members who can handle the workload to bring in more Mm -hmm. leads. And then because they have the right staff members, then they get more time to do other things. Like Mm -hmm. you said it earlier, because you had a team, it brought you back time to focus on other things in the business, which Mm -hmm. is the same thing. Like imagine you had to do all these tasks. Now you don't have to do those tasks. It gives Mm -hmm. you time to focus on the business, a little bit more Mm -hmm. time with your family. And then if you decided you wanted to do more speaking engagements, because some of them didn't mention they want speaking engagements. They can go and get mm-hmm. those speaking engagements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just have to make sure that you're focused on the conversation when you cold called all about that. Yes. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to say, look, guys, we do have a question here from Zeljiko who says, what if we already have bookings in projects or sales for the next few months and we're anxious about reaching out to new clients for new projects or sales? Mm. We might need to decline mm. most new offers if they require a short turnaround time. How can we navigate the situation to secure business in the new future? Because getting in touch with someone and then saying, I can't start in six months is not very professional. Mm. Good problem to have. I mean, so a couple ways, couple ways to think about this, right? I think number one, what you have to ask yourself is that when we send that first outreach message, how often is they immediately respond back and say, I can't believe you reached out to me. I have money to spend. I want to do it right now with you. It's probably pretty rare. It's usually going to be a process of a conversation that might be maybe a couple of weeks to a couple of months, et cetera, right? So one of the things I always think about is like, if that's the worry you have uh, from a sales perspective of the back-end fulfillment, like if the opportunity is lucrative enough, wouldn't you find a way to make it happen? Would you hire more staff? How would you increase bandwidth? How would you add more resources if you're able to make it work? So just something to kind of think about from a, a mind shift perspective is even if you are on a project basis and your team is basically at capacity and you want to go and you want to um, you know, get more product, but you're also worried you don't capacity now, when you're prospecting and you're doing outreach, what you're really doing is you're building the future of the company that you're doing. Right. And if you happen to have some of these prospects who are going to be, you know, they're not able to take, you know, they want, they want it right now and you can't do it or you can't find a way to do it, that's okay. You can just let them know. That's totally fine. Right. But the reality is, I find most people, generally speaking, don't have enough pipeline, aren't closing deals fast enough. And by the time they realize they don't have enough pipeline, they're going far too long without any revenue. So it's a very dangerous game to play. So I think it's, you always want to play ahead if you can. And, uh, you know, find you know figure out how can i play always play ahead but also like you know think about the back end fulfillment so if i do secure some of these opportunities how can i fulfill as well so we can maintain those promises if we get a, a lucrative opportunity to move forward right now you just shared so much gems here and zelgico i hope i said your name right definitely follow and reach out to marcus let him know you saw him on this live all of you if you are here, you have more questions, you can drop a message to Marcus. Just say, hey, I saw you on Shree's Live. Or when I turn this into a podcast episode, say, let him know, hey, I heard you on Shree's podcast because I do drop a new episode every week, whether it's a past one or a recent one. Here's a funny story, though. So when Marcus and I went live, I actually lost the live. Like Instagram... <laughs> 
Instagram did something really funny. Oh, it was right. an amazing, right. yeah. amazing live. And like, I asked so such good questions. I still did ask good questions here, but they lost it. And I was really sad because I actually wanted to bring that, you know, have that episode drop tonight because this would have been the second part of the, you know, part one. And then this is four years later, but we didn't have that. But you know what? We're here today. And that just means if you guys want Marcus to come back, we can definitely bring him back. But I wanted to say, you know, where can we get a copy of your book? Awesome. So you can head over to benley.co forward slash book and you get a free copy of cover shipping handling. If you want to get it ASAP, you can get the ebook for like 495 as well. So you can head right there. And you also can find me on LinkedIn and other channels too. So when Marcus actually dropped his book, I went and bought it right away. I have it on my phone, on my Kindle. So, you know, that's what I was reading from today. Also, what we're going to do is we're going to carry this conversation onto Instagram where you're going to hear part two. And again, if you're not connected to Marcus, make sure you are. Check out all his free content that's out there. If you are like, you know what, I don't want the free and I'm ready to take the next step. I highly recommend it, working with Marcus because I, I was telling Marcus before, I said, when I went into becoming a full-time entrepreneur, I really was looking at working with him, but I didn't for whatever reasons. But here's the funny part. I still watch all his content. Even before I make <laughs> sales calls, I am on the phone. I'm like writing down what I should say. And I watch his reviews of different videos because it is like that that pump me up what I need, the coach in my face that I need before. But I know that if you work with him on a weekly basis, you have a group group uh, coaching, mm -hmm. correct? Then That's you right. get that. You actually can ask him. You can practice because, guys, you don't get better by just watching. You actually have to do. You make the mistakes. Right. You fumble. You look like these people don't care what you say. Like they are they might be having a bad day, but. If you want to see better results, definitely reach out to Marcus. Appreciate you. You're very, very welcome. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you found it very helpful, share it with a friend, share it in your social media. Until the next time.